This episode of Race Wife Unfiltered is sponsored by the I-55 Street Stock Shootout at Pike County Speedway. Hey there, race fans. Get ready for an adrenaline-fueled weekend at Pike County Speedway, where the rubber meets the road for the highly anticipated I-55 Street Stock Shootout. Brought to you by the Mississippi Street Stock Series, presented by Jackson Industrial Services and Big Al Lubricants. Mark your calendars for Friday, June 30th, and Saturday, July 1st, because you won't want to miss a single lap of this action-packed event. But wait, there's more. We've got an open practice day on Thursday, June 29th, exclusively for the pits. On Friday night, buckle up for an electrifying lineup featuring limited modifieds, street stocks, mini wedges, and pure factory stocks. Witness the thrill as drivers battle it out in qualifying and heat races, pushing their cars to the limit. Saturday night brings even more heart-pounding excitement. Get ready for street stocks, factory pure stocks, B-mains and features, late models, mini wedges, open wheel mods, and stingers. It's a jam-packed schedule that will leave you on the edge of your seat. Now let's talk about tickets. General admission for Friday is only $15 for adults. Saturday, the stakes get higher and so does the fun with tickets priced at $20 for adults. We've got something for everyone. Kids age 6 through 12 can join the action for just $10 per day. And children 5 and under are absolutely free all weekend long. So whether you're a racing enthusiast, a family looking for an unforgettable weekend, or simply craving the thrilling experience of high-speed competition, Pike County Speedway is the place to be from June 30th to July 1st. Don't wait. Grab your friends and family. Head on over to Pike County Speedway and let's make some racing memories together. Get your tickets now and be part of the I-55 Street Stock Shootout. It's an event you won't want to miss. Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys, welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill. And today we have a special guest with us today. Uh, she's 15 years old. She's a high school student and race car driver um, who already has an impressive re racing resume. Uh, she was the youngest female race winner and late model race winner at Hickory Motor Speedway in North Carolina. Uh, she's raced quarter midgets, micro sprints, and is currently racing a pro late model in the Carolina Pro Late Model Series and the Cars Tour. So welcome Katie Hedinger. Hi, Katie. Hi. So glad to have you on. I'm glad you were able to take time out of your extremely busy and hectic schedule to be on the be on the podcast. So yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, and for people that don't know much about Katie, if you follow her Instagram, she's always doing something. Like it, it's nonstop. <laughs> so. Yeah, always on the road, always busy. It can get stressful, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you get to do your, you know, something that you're passionate about. I mean, obviously racing has been a big part of your life for a long time. 
Um, so, I mean, you know, obviously you're thir- like third generation. So, um, you grew up at the racetrack, right? Um, so yeah, like tell, tell us more about that. Like, I mean, you know, obviously being around racing your whole life, I mean, did you pretty much know you were going to be in a, in a car eventually, or was that just something like you just kind of fell into? Yeah. So my grandpa raced, he raced like sprint cars and midgets. So he ran open wheel stuff. Um, and he, he's basically the reason my mom doesn't like open wheel because he had a lot of bad wrecks, but, um, he was pretty good on that. And then my dad started racing and he started in quarter midgets, which is why I started in quarter midgets. Um, but I went to my first race when I was like three weeks old. So me and all my siblings, we grew up at the track. We were always there. Um, and I always knew I wanted to race. I told my kindergarten teacher that it was in my blood. So, um, I always wanted to race. It was always a big passion of mine. I always wanted to get to NASCAR. That's always been my goal. Um, and I've just loved it. Like I love being at the racetrack. Yeah. Um, the fact that you've been at a racetrack since you were three weeks old, I mean, right there, that pretty much explains everything, (laughs) you know, it's like, if you weren't going to end up in a sprint car um, or, or like open wheel, obviously you were going to probably end up in something else like asphalt or whatever, but you were going to end up in a car (laughs) somehow, some way. Either that, or if you didn't end up in a car, you were going to be doing something in, in the racing scene, like behind the scenes, I'm sure. So I also always knew I wanted to be a driver because whenever I was at their track and I wasn't racing, I wanted to be racing. So I always knew that driving was in my future. Yeah. So it my, see my husband grew up like, you know, at the racetrack and stuff since he was a kid and his dad raced sprint cars. So I totally get it now because he, he says the same thing. And also a lot of drivers that I've interviewed have said the same thing when you're not racing, it's like the hardest thing for you guys. Like, and I didn't understand it at first, but seeing him as a spectator, he's a horrible spectator. Yeah. Like I love like watching racing, but like sometimes I'm like, I don't like being a race fan because I want to be racing. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing with him because it's like he raced sprint cars before. Now we, now he races a late model, a dirt late model, but he was racing sprint cars too. And we went to like the world of outlaws race and he was the worst spectator ever. Cause he was like, but I really want to be like out there. And I'm like, you, but you can't like, you know, like, but yeah. So I, I totally understand how that can be really hard. Uh, to do <laughs> and be, and, you know, and, and be a racer. Um, cause yeah, like, like you said, it's like, you want to always be on the track and it's like, if you're watching it, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult to just, you know, sit there and just watch it. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so obviously you started in quarter midgets and then you moved up to the micro sprints. Mm-hmm. So, um, so from the midgets to the micro sprints, is there much of a difference? Like when it comes to like how you drive those cars, like, did or is it like a big learning curve? Um, it was for me definitely. Cause I was only 10 years old when I switched. Um, oh. and so I was still pretty young. Um, and definitely like at the beginning when I first ever got, I started in junior sprints. So mm-hmm. uh, from quarter midgets to junior sprints and my first race in that I like everyone kept saying, they're like, you're driving it like a pavement car. You're driving it like a pavement car. And I'm like, I don't know any different. Like what <laughs> else do I do? So um, it definitely took me a little bit, but we ran them for two years. And so uh, at the end of my second year, we went to 
the Tulsa shootout. And so my second year, I started to get it more and more. And we did pretty good at the Tulsa shootout. In the junior sprint, I won my B main, and we were really fast in the future. Um, but I think we got wrecked or something. And then I didn't make the A in the, like, uh, 600. But um, it still was a lot of fun, and I loved dirt racing. I'm glad I do it now still. So I'm glad that I was able to get back into it because I think the micros help a lot with learning how to drive a loose car and like even just having that dirt experience because it's a different type of racing from the late models and the pavement. Like look at Kyle, like his dirt experience helps him a lot. So I think it definitely helps with everything and it's just fun racing to go and do. Yeah. um, Dirt, honestly, and that that was something that I, I noticed, obviously, like you mentioned with like Kyle Larson, it's like if um, also you got like Christopher Bell and you, you know, you have quite a few dirt racers that have now moved into NASCAR and you can just tell by their driving style, like it's a huge difference from, you know, other drivers that have never done dirt. And yeah, no, I think it actually, I think it actually benefits them because yeah, like you mentioned, with with dirt it's unpredictable it's way more unpredictable because with dirt you just never know how that track is going to be because you know and it's it's um it's something that i i think all drivers should at least experience one time you know because then then you really notice like how um it's not the it's not about the car it's about the driver (laughs) like (laughs) it's it's you know it takes a lot of talent to maneuver a dirt a dirt car um and yeah i think like i think all drivers should at least try it once and really see like because it because it actually helps you as a driver it makes it makes it easier for you to be versatile you know between different types of cars because you kind of have to um with dirt you're kind of at the seat of your pants the whole time because you don't really know what the car's going to do, you know, yeah. because you you can, you know, your line can be a little too high and your car's just sliding, you know, mm-hmm. or sometimes, it, you know, if the track is too wet or not wet enough, like that makes a huge difference too. So, yeah, I, I think it, I think it makes you a better driver because it's like you, you know, you kind of have to learn how to anticipate things like on the fly, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. with, with asphalt, you don't really have to do that as much. I mean, yeah, your lines can change, but with asphalt, you don't have, you know, it's not like dirt where it change. it literally changes every second, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah. Like, yeah. in the pavement car, like, and on asphalt, like if it rains, you can see like where mm-hmm. the grip is, like you can see the black lines, you can see all that. Or like on the dirt, you never know. Like you can be running at Millbridge and run the top the first ten laps, and then it be all bottom dominant. Like mm-hmm. it changes all the time. And it like with how it helps, like it's like where the kids come from dirt and the kids come from road course. Like I went to the dirt path and then went to pavement. Mm-hmm. So when I run go karts, I struggle. But then you see the kids that come from go karts that might struggle in the dirt. So I mm-hmm. feel like it all like helps. And now you see kids coming through with go karts, dirt, like circle track, all that experience, and it all just correlates together. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think um, you know just having all that different type of experience. You know, jumping in whatever car you can. You know, um, yeah, I mean, it it actually teaches you a lot because like each type of car handles differently, each kind of course handles differently, you know, every track mm-hmm. is different. Um, and just having that versatility 
um, yeah, it makes you a better driver. Um, you know, I definitely agree there. So once you moved from the junior sprints to the micro sprints, then obviously you moved up to asphalt, you know, so obviously going from, you know, open wheel to a late model and obviously going from dirt to asphalt, that transition. So kind of walk us through that. Like, how, how was that? I'm sure, I'm sure you had a learning curve there. Yeah, it definitely was different again, like going from having being 10 years old to learning dirt and then going from like being 11 to trying to learn asphalt again. Um, I definitely like it took a little bit Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't even know what we were going to do on asphalt. We knew like my mom didn't want me to go to the open wheel route and I like to move up. I'd have to like move up to higher classes, Mm -hmm. go to bigger tracks on the dirt. So mama didn't like that. So we had to switch back over to the asphalt, but there wasn't really anything like for me to race in Michigan, like around us, mm-hmm. we bought a Mandalero and then the track that ran the bandos, they didn't run them anymore. We bought a legends car then they didn't run the legends. And like, I never raced one. So we didn't want to like travel around a lot and like not be good or something like that, you know? And so my dad and CRA made the junior late model series. And so that's what we ran. A couple quarter midget kids joined too. Um, and it definitely was hard. Like my first year, I finished fifth in points, like had like one top three, I think. Like we struggled a little bit and it was hard. Um, even some of our friends that went the dirt route with us, like we were battling in the back because we were struggling. Um, but my second year, we were able to pull off three wins, two wins, I think. Um, a lot of podiums got the championship. And so um, that learning curve was there again. Um, but once again, took me about a year and then I was able to get it back. And then that's when we started moving up to like limited late malls, late mall stock, pro late malls, stuff like that. Now, where you live in Michigan, is it mainly like dirt tracks? Is there like less asphalt tracks where you live that that you kind of had that issue with like Vandaleros not really taking off and then the Legends cars not really taking off? Yeah. So like when we ran dirt, there was Jack's. Jackson Speedway that was biased, but then that track closed down. So we ran US 24 in Indiana, but that was driving five hours every weekend uh-huh. back and forth. And then at the Bandos, the tracks around us got rid of them. And then like the junior light model, we ran at Birch Run and we ran it like twice a year, I think, um, which I love Birch Run. It's a really fun track. They've done great with that. Um, but Owasa wasn't racing it. Um, uh, Berlin didn't race it. And so like we had to travel again for that to Toledo and Indiana. So like that was kind of hard, but yeah, like with the bandos and legends and stuff, like we just ran out of places to race. Yeah. And, and see, and I think that's kind of, that's kind of a huge issue that we have just in States period. Um, because like here in Louisiana, pretty much all we've got is dirt. Like mm-hmm. there's literally like no asphalt tracks. Um, and so it's like, if that's something that you want to do, you have to travel. And the closest, um, the closest asphalt track to us is Mobile, Alabama, which is about six, seven hours away. And like that, you know, and for most people to travel like that, you know, that's just not feasible, <laughs> you uh, know, being like young and like still in school, mm-hmm. like mom and my sister would come. So like we'd miss school and then right. like kids hardware. With, like, the junior light models, we ran in Michigan, family could come. Even Ohio was, like, two-hour drive. Indiana, mm-hmm. it was a little closer, so it was, like, four-hour drive. But that was, like, every once in a while, you know? Right. So it was still nice being close to home. And it was that step before going, like, straight from dirt to, like, a limited late model racing. Mm-hmm. It's such a 
like old guys, you know, <laughs> that little like kids class that you could run that gets you ready, which definitely helped a lot. And I know it helped a bunch of other kids too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of like something like you were in, a, you were fortunate at that time to be able to have something where you could run close and, you know, you were able to, you know, be able to have your family around and not have to constantly travel all mm -hmm. the time. And yeah, and that's kind of like why we gave up sprint cars because sprint cars now, like people don't really run them here anymore. And so we gave it up and got a late model because they run that every week. And so my husband can race every week if he needs to, you know, and it's like, yeah, unfortunately, sometimes you have to do that just to be able to race on a consistent basis. Cause like you said, like there, you know, one track where, yeah, I mean, you were only running that like twice a year. I mean, that's, that's yeah. not enough seat time at all. So yeah, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. Even so, like for pros, like what I race now, like mm -hmm. that's why a lot of people own limited late model, late model stock, because like down here in North Carolina, like we only run like, like you can run limited or late model stock on a mm -hmm. weekend, like random weekend at any track for a week. Uh, okay. Or like for pros, like you have to either be in cars tour or like Carolina pro series mm -hmm. or like in Alabama, they race a lot in Florida. So like there's like different, it depends what state you're in to like yeah. that car, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And yeah. And, and unfortunately that, that can limit you, right? Like <laughs> to where, how often you race. Um, because I mean, obviously with the cars tour and the Carolina, um, series that you're running in, um, and obviously I know you're running in like other events every now and then, um, yeah, you're kind of having to bounce around, right? If you want to be able to raise on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but um so so yeah, so obviously you've been doing the prolate models for for a little while. Um so, I mean, is this something that you plan on staying in for a while um or, you know, do you think you're going to like maybe try something else like some other car? So, um, like I said earlier, NASCAR Cup is my goal. Mm -hmm. um, so since I'm a Chevy development driver, they're helping me like with my light mall stuff this year. So I, when we started racing down here, I started in limited light mall and we ran that for two, like one and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of my first season is when I got my first win. So like our big thing is you run a series till you win. Like you got to get good, like get right. good at those steps before you move up, you know? Yeah. So we ran the limited, then we ran the light mall stock one in that one like four more races beginning of last year um and then we just i ran a little carolina pro in 21 and then um in 2022 i ran like five cars tour races mm -hmm. and we were good like in the pro but we didn't run enough races to like you know have be good in points or anything like that so um this year we decided to go full cars tour which cars tour is a really hard series so like yeah they like got good drivers in it. It's very competitive. It's probably the hardest like short track pavement racing you'll do. And so um, we're focused on the Cars Tour Pro this year. So I'm racing this weekend at Dillon. And then after that, um, maybe next year we're looking at some ARCA and truck stuff. Um, so it really depends on like what rides open up, funding um, and stuff like that. But I've been doing some stim stuff um, and just trying to like move up. But we want to win this championship and then just see where things go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and plus you're still very young, <laughs> like, you know? Um, so, so you have, you do have time, um, you know, to figure out like where you want to go, but yeah, like, you know, if ARCA 
or trucks is your next step. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean that, I mean, you're pretty much going straight in into, you know, into NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I hope everything works out for you. I mean, cause obviously we need more, we need more women on that side anyway, because we mm-hmm. don't really have any, we only have like six women in NASCAR, you know, in between, you know, the ARCA series and the truck series, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, we do need more women anyway. Um, and if, you know, if you have that opportunity, why not? Yeah. Of course. And, like, Obviously, sponsorship and money yeah. is a big problem, but mm-hmm. my biggest problem right now is my age. Because, like, I'm 15 right now. You have to be 16 to run trucks. So, okay. I'm 15. I ran two ARCA races last year. It was just, like, experience thing. Like, we didn't do the best, but, you know, it was just to get our feet in the water. Right. And then this year, like, we have to wait till I'm 16. So, it's – and then there's only limited tracks you can run. So, like, does a team want just a limited driver? Mm-hmm. Like, you know – Stuff like that, but you never know how things work out. We could run late malls for another year next year. Just got no, it. I just want to drive whatever I can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely want to be able to drive whatever you can. Make sure you get as much seat time as possible. I mean, because that's one thing about racing is that you don't want to sit idle for for too long. Yeah. Um, you know, you always want to be able to you know have that seat time no matter what it is, even if that means that you can't you know drive a prolate for a little while you're gonna have to go drive something else obviously your mom not wanting you to do open wheel you know that that, that's gonna cut into that obviously but but no i totally understand where she's coming from um because that was part of the reason why my husband got out of open wheel too um Mm -hmm. you know it, it, it it can be a safety issue i mean i mean no matter what you know no matter what it's not as safe as having something that's fully contained you know so i totally understand that it's like the path where like right now i could have a path up to the top and stuff like that and so Mm -hmm. like i race micros like weekly at millbridge and stuff that's fun for chevy and everything they put Mm -hmm. sometimes but like it's always like that there is a danger when you step in a micro just like how there is if you get in a truck or something you know it's always like that thing but like pavement's my goal so maybe if i make it to cup then i've always Mm -hmm. wanted to own my own sprint car team so like oh, I might wow. not be able to drive, but I definitely want to own <laughs> one. So I'll always probably be in the dirt open wheel world. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and, and that's something I don't think that once you've been in dirt, like period, like around it, whatever, I don't think you'll ever get away from it. Like in some form or fashion, whether that means you, you, you're just supporting other drivers or, or, you know, you're actually going back and racing, but mm-hmm. I don't think you ever get away from it. Cause I mean, that's, that's something, I mean, I've been around dirt for 18 years now. Cause that's all my husband does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think like you can ever really get away from it. Like no matter how much you try, cause it's yeah. so addictive. Like I see why people get like, they get stuck in like wanting to stay in the dirt side. Um, cause I mean, I mean, if you look at like Larson and Christopher Bell and them, like they always go back to dirt no matter what, when they get a chance. And it's just, it's because it's just like, it's in your blood. It's just something that you can't get away from. And so I totally understand why you would be like, well, I want to be involved in it in some way, even if mom says I can't drive anything, you know, like I still want to be involved. And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, even if you're just like going out there to support people, you know, I mean, I mean, that's what matters too. So yeah, Yeah. (laughs) because I totally understand. 
she's she's trying to be a mom, you know, and I know I'm a mom myself. And my my daughter is actually the same age as you. And she okay. wants to get oh, yeah, she wants to get in a dirt late model so bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, like my husband was like, well, I'll just like retire, you know, and you can drive mine. And she's like, oh, no, she's like, we're both going to drive because she wants to she wants to race him. Yeah. You know? And she's like, and I want to beat you. Like, I want to be able to say that I beat my dad in light model. <laughs> so, that's, how, so, that's how I was when we, when we ran micros, my dad raced too. He bought some cars, mm-hmm. we didn't run micros, but um, he ran dirt too. And so I always like, I was like, I just want to move up and race against dad. And my mom's like, no, going back where there's fenders around you. There's a big old cage, <laughs> plenty of protection. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the, that was the first thing that she said. She's like, Oh, I want to go, I want to drive a sprint car. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, uh, like the mom in me got, yeah. Like I could see why your mom did the same thing because I pretty much pulled the same thing. I'm like, uh, like I, I understand why she likes the sprint car, but then I'm like the mom in me wants something that it's going to fully protect her. So I was like, uh, I don't, at your age right now, like if you're an adult, that's on you. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force you to like not go into a spread car. But for right now, at your age, I would prefer you being a late model. After after that, when you're an adult, if you choose to go sprint car out, I mean, I still might not like it, but I get it, you know? Cause I mean, you know, she grew up at the racetrack too, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I almost gave birth to her at the racetrack. So so I totally get it. And so she, you know, so at that time he was racing sprint cars. So that's all she knew up until I guess she was about five and six. And that's when we switched over. But yeah, so I totally understand why, like, that's what she grew up seeing him do. And she was like, I want to do sprint car. Yeah. Yeah. My heart sank for a second, and I, I, I totally understand why your mom feels the same way. Because I'm like, oh, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's too, if that's really safe for you as a kid. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, until you really learn. Like, that's why I was like, uh, I think I'd be, you'd be better off in something with, you know, that's com- fully contained. And then, you know, once you've had enough driving experience, then maybe you can go into a sprint car. But yeah, at first, yeah, no. Like, I was like, um, no, I, I don't want you doing that. So yeah, I totally understand where your mom's coming from. But yeah, I mean, but even so, it's like just being on dirt, you know? Like, it, it still gives her that experience of being on dirt. And, you know, it was the same thing with you. It's like once you did the quarter midgets and the micro sprints and all of that, so, yeah, but I mean, you never know. She might let you get back in a car, like temporarily, like every now and then do maybe like one race or something, you know, mm-hmm. maybe bribe her with something. Else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like maybe just one race, you know, uh, you know, not full time, obviously, but maybe one race, you know, maybe if you beg enough or something, I don't know. I know sometimes like with kids, it's like, it's hard to tell, you no. it really is. It's really hard to tell y'all no. Um, especially if you like beg a certain way, like we start to feel guilty and it's like, like, should I tell her no? Like, should I be the parent right now? Or should I be, or should I just be nice? Like, yeah, it's a struggle sometimes. (laughs) So I, yeah, I could see that, but 
Yeah, but I mean, obviously, I mean, you're doing so much just for somebody your age. I mean, and you're obviously making a huge name for yourself and, uh, and you know, you're, you're being given opportunities. Um, and you're, you're really, you're really showing like you're a, a huge example of like what women in motorsports can do. Um, and, and I think, you know, and that's something that you should, you know, be commemorated for, because the thing is, it's like, you know, seeing everything that you do, like, you know, following your Instagram and all of that, like just seeing everything that you're doing and you're putting yourself out there and you're trying to make yourself an example for younger girls and women that want to get into this sport. Cause there's not enough, uh, there's not enough women in the sport in the first place. Um, and you know, them seeing you and looking up to you, um, you know, I think that, I think that's a huge thing and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it makes you feel good too, you know, that you're, that you're, you know, setting an example for a lot of young girls that could be coming up that see that there's potential for them. Like they, you know, they can do it too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely love when like dads or even like little girls come up to me at the track and like tell me that they want to be a race car driver or something like that because there is some pressure to it um <laughs> but i'm an oldest sibling so i like understand um and i always try my best um at wilkesboro i finished fifth and mm -hmm. i wanted to win that race so bad like if i could win any race i wanted to win that one um and so i was upset with my fifth which was it was good for us but yeah. I was upset. and so i was like talking to my dad and i was like not about to cry, but I was just like mad. Yeah, you were frustrated. Mm -hmm. And a little like fan came over and he asked if I could sign his hat and get a picture. And I like smiled, you know, said, of course, obviously, mm -hmm. um, took a picture. And later he had posted that, like it had made his dad posted that it had made his whole day. He's a race fan for life. Like keep saying he wants to race and all that. And I just think it's like amazing because people are always watching you like, you always no matter if you're upset or anything like the fans mm -hmm. are the reason you're there you know and so i love the fans it's my probably my favorite part of racing obviously yeah yeah and i mean the fans are like you said they're the reason why you're there like you have to have fans in the seats for for you to be able to do this you know um and but yeah the fact that i mean that made his whole entire day like that you know that's amazing mm -hmm. but yeah like you said and, and i and i watched the race i was so rooting for you because i saw how well you were doing i'm like oh my god i hope katie actually like pulls this off like i was watching the whole entire time because i was like man she's doing so good like and to win it Wilkesboro would you know is like an amazing thing especially obviously it's been closed for 27 years and like now you know it's like you have the opportunity um but yeah but i mean even so i was like man like she pulled that off like still getting a top five like you know at that track is amazing and i know like they didn't change what i loved about the whole thing with Wilkesboro is that they didn't change the asphalt Mm -hmm. They cleaned it up, but they didn't change it. And yeah. I love that because that was what made that place, you know, the way it is. That's what made it historical is because like yeah. the elevation change and all of that. And I'm sure, I'm sure that was probably weird for you too, when you went through that part. Cause yeah, like that's just something that you just don't get anywhere else. Honestly, like, Besides for the like tire fall off, like Wilkesboro mm -hmm. is probably one of my favorite tracks now, just because like 
the driving style, like you bury it into the corners. And I love mm-hmm. tracks like that. Like in one and two, you like wash it up a little bit, but in three and four, they put like black seal on the bottom and it had mm-hmm. so much grip. So you could like bear it in there. Barely. I barely used any brake in qualifying and then just like gas up. It was so much fun. Yeah. I love that. You can't tell. I love driving race cars. Oh no. I love <laughs> that you were that passionate about it. Cause like, um, because I mean, just talking about like different racetracks, obviously, like, like you mentioned with Wellsboro, obviously the elevation change. And then you mentioned how, you know, it had a lot of grip, you know, in the turns, I mean, every track is different. And Mm -hmm. also depending on your driving style, there's going to be certain tracks that you just do better at because, you know, it's like, it's almost like made for you. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, well I can, you know, I can really do that. So besides Wilkesboro, like what other, like what other track in the pro late that, you know, has been like, you feel is like your track, like you do really well at. Um, well, I feel like Hickory's like my track. Like I love Hickory. Obviously we've had good success there, right. um, but I just like, even my crew, like his nose, cause we're, I'm driving for a new team this year. Anthony can't be racing. And so like, one of my crew guys, he was like, just the way you pulled out a pit road at Hickory, like you could tell you were ready to go. And my, well, actually Hickory is like probably my second favorite track, but my mm-hmm. favorite track is Anderson Speedway in Indiana. Cause it's like a short, a really short tra- track and it's got high banking in the corner. So it's a like Wolfsburg. You can just bury it in there. Um, barely use any brake, turn gas up. So I feel like those tracks are the kind of tracks I like, mm-hmm. but I don't know what it is about. Like people are like Hickory is rough, but probably like the history tracks I like, I guess, because Wilkesboro and Hickory. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, also, and I kind of noticed that like a lot of the older tracks, like the way that they're built, like the way that they laid down the asphalt and things like that, it it's like, I, I don't know, for some reason, it just makes for better racing. Like, I feel I just, like it's off, it's off like driving style. Like you can, yeah. the tracks are usually rough, so like your car's mm-hmm. won't, Perfect. So you have to be able to drive no matter how your car's handling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes that's just better, like, you know, um, and, and it, it's kind of a challenge too, but I mean, most race car drivers like challenges anyway. Right. So it's like, you know, it's no big deal. It's like, um, you know, you kind of want to, you kind of want to challenge sometimes. Uh, cause then you can like really work on your driving and work on your, you know, your driving style. Um, you know, if it was easy, that would probably get boring after a while. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Uh, And so, yeah, I mean, obviously with Wilkesboro and Hickory, obviously, like, like you said, Hickory, you have history there. I mean, you've won multiple races there, you know, obviously, like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you were the youngest female race winner there and you know and late model race winner you know like i mean you have a history there (laughs) so i mean now obviously with that being like your favorite track like do you do you go to hickory like just even as a spectator sometimes uh yeah so i did for matt piercy racing last year and actually my friend Cade brown races for him this year so like when I have off weekends, sometimes I go and I hang out with them. Cause like you make a family with the crew, right? Mm-hmm. I ran with Matt for two years. His sister is like my best friend. Um, I love her. And so even his mom and dad, like we're all like really close and everything. So I actually met with Matt right before this to go over notes for this weekend. Cause 
I work out at the Chevy Tech Center, and so he's there, and so I see him, like, every day. And so I like to go watch at Hickory sometimes, but, like, some of the weekly races can get a little crazy. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'm like, all right, kind of glad I wasn't in that one. But um, <laughs> definitely the big races are a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, weekly racing is is it can get pretty crazy like just honestly i think that's just i just think that's just a just a normal thing for like all race tracks because mm-hmm. even even out here like the the racing can get like pretty aggressive and like really you know um some of the some of the drivers can get pretty hot you know mm-hmm. hot tempered and stuff so like i just think i just think that's just like a regular thing with local like weekly racing for some reason because um yeah it happens pretty often um but because we go through that too out here and then like man like i guess and but i mean obviously it's like i think it's just being on the track your adrenaline is just like sky high and I and I I'm guessing like obviously when you're when you're doing that and you're obviously trying to get to the front, you know, sometimes you can be overly aggressive driving and stuff. And like, you know, I mean it it happens. I I just think like, you know, some of them they take it a little too far. Yeah. Off the track. And it's like it, it definitely like it can be hard. Like if someone roughs you up or Yeah. With car store, that's the thing is they have like pit road TV and like mm-hmm. a bunch of like people walking around with microphones and cameras. And so ever since I was like younger, my parents have like built in me that like after race, put on a smile. Thank you yeah. for thank your sponsors. So like there was one race where I like got a little sassy in my interview, but <laughs> uh, thank the sponsor. So that was good. But um you just like even when you get to NASCAR, you gotta watch what you say, like everything can be used against you or stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I honestly sometimes, well, sometimes I like the post-race interviews. When they're good, I like them. But um, it's hard after you, like, get in a wreck or something. My dad always is like, go get a water, but then you got to come back out. Like, it's a part of it. Yeah, and and that's one thing that I think um, is a great thing that, like, NASCAR does. Like, them, EMSA, a lot of these other racing organizations is that they do give you guys, like, training on, like, how to – you know, deal with interviews and things like that. Because yeah, like you said, like, especially if you've gone through like a really bad race, you know, like wrecked out, whatever, Mm -hmm. you have to learn how to not let your emotions get the best of you and and still do that interview. So yeah, I I think that's a great thing that they actually give you guys like that coaching because Mm -hmm. yeah, because I'm like, local races they they don't have that like you know like they just let stuff spill out (laughs) and it's like if it offends people it offends people like you know but it's because you know the local you know track racing they don't really think about that it's just like whatever you know but yeah like with you guys being especially on tv it's like uh, you have to kind of like think about what you say before, you know, before you actually say it. And so, yeah, I mean, but I think in a way it's good and bad because you, it keeps you from, yeah, saying the wrong stuff and also not getting like screaming at people like on the interview or something, but but also like sometimes people don't know how to like still have their personality 
mm-hmm. through interviews. So it almost hinders some people because they feel like they're not being them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's hard to find that balance sometimes. Um, so yeah, like, but I mean, that comes, it comes with experience. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. once you've done it long enough, you can actually start like really incorporating your personality a little yeah. bit more. But I've noticed that like, sometimes like, it seems like some people, they almost become like a robot. Yeah. They're yeah. very ro- like robotic. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, I'm like, is something wrong with them or whatever? But it's because like, they've gotten so into the training that they, they can't like incorporate their personality. So yeah, like right now, like with the pit road TV with car store, like mm-hmm. you could still like give your side of the story, but like to a certain extent, you know, like, yeah, I, like that's what I'm glad about is I can tell what happened from my perspective. So people aren't like, Oh, she just wrecked. Like, of course a girl wrecked or something like that. Yeah. You know? give like what happened from my side but still be like calm and collected about it right yeah yeah definitely and and that's also another thing too it's like when people are watching it on tv they don't see every single angle so mm-hmm. it could look like maybe somebody intentionally wrecked somebody but that might not actually have been the case mm-hmm. and i mean obviously we're seeing it a lot in nascar right now I mean, let's yeah. be real. I mean, we're seeing it a lot where people like drivers are calling out drivers about things and stuff like that. But yeah, like I think that's I think that's part of the issue is because, you know, as fans, if we're watching it on TV or even if we're just watching it in the stands, we only see it from one angle. So we can't really tell if something was intentional or not. Yeah. The drivers can tell. They yeah. pretty much know if things are intentional or not. Um, because obviously they're, they're looking from all different angles to be able to, you know, drive, Mm -hmm. but we only see, you know, certain angles. And so, yeah, I think that's why, like, you, you're starting to see that a lot more in interviews and stuff. It's like, you know, calling out other people about wrecking them and things like that. And it's like, well, you know, some fans are like, he didn't wreck him on purpose. Like, you know, they're looking at the replay and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but that's just a replay. You didn't see it go down in real time. They yeah. do, you know, so it, it's a lot, it's a lot harder, you know, as a fan to just be able to tell the difference. And, you know, we only see what TV shows us, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like they can't really step into your shoes unless they're physically there. And, you know, and, you know, most of us are not drivers. Like, yeah. There's a reason why we're not, you know, like it takes, it takes a certain type of person to be a driver, to do this for a living and to live out that passion. And not everybody is capable of doing that. There's a reason why there's only so many race car drivers and there's us fans that are people that are just behind the scenes is because we, we don't have the guts to get in a race car and go, you know, almost 200 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, around a racetrack, you know, that, that takes guts and that takes certain people to do it, you know? Um, and it's very, it's risky, but I mean, it's something that, you know, you guys love to do. And, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's something that we, we can appreciate because it's like, yeah, it's entertainment for us, but I mean, this is like your livelihood. This is something that you do for, uh, you know, 
potentially a living unless you do it for a hobby. But most, but obviously once you move up into the bigger organizations like NASCAR and all of that, you're doing it for a living. (laughs) You know, you don't really have time to be able to separate it from a regular job. Like you have to do it full time. And yeah. And I mean, you're doing it for people's entertainment, but I mean, obviously it's what you love to do too. So it's like a win-win thing. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, but yeah, no. So obviously, so you have obviously the car store that keeps you busy and the Carolina pro late model series. So is there anything else that you're going to be doing that's not related to those two that we should be looking out for? Um, well, Chevy, so like I said, I'm a part of the Chevy development mm-hmm. program. And so they bought a spec Miata car to run some road course races. Um, but right now we don't have any like races laid out on the schedule, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm going to try and do some testing this summer and that to get that side of the road car road, road course racing. Um, and then also like we bought a go-kart and so I'm going to try and do some of that at like GoPro or, um, or track house motorplex, um, and stuff like that. Um, and then just the micro on the, on Wednesdays at Mobridge, I've been doing that. Um, but just trying to get those two sides of racing, um, micro is pretty much just for fun. I love racing dirt. So that one's pretty much just for fun, but, um, we might be doing some spec Miata races. Not sure though, but if I do that, I'll definitely post about it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, obviously we'll link like all of your social media accounts in the description. So everybody can just follow follow Katie's journey, everything that she's doing, because she's doing a lot, a (laughs) lot. And the fact that you're trying to balance that in school is, I don't know how you do it. I really don't. Like, I have no idea how you do that. So um, that's insane. So, do, I mean, now do you physically go to school or do you actually do like your classes online? Um, so I went to school begin or the end of last year, like mm-hmm. August and September. Um, but then like it was in September when I ran Wilkesboro for the first time last year. Um, and I missed like a whole week for that. And then I went to Martinsville and then I like was traveling a lot. So I missed like the second full week of school. So we were off to a rough start. So um, we, I talked to my parents and we decided to switch to online school. So I do a school called On Track. Um, so it's actually like a racing school. Some of the guys I race against do it too. Um, so it's pretty easy. Um, I'm almost done with the school year. We Supposedly we still have two weeks left, but I'm working ahead to get all my work done, which is also nice is I have like, I technically have two weeks to complete the assignment before it's a zero. Um, mm-hmm. And I also can work ahead. So like I can kind of work at my own pace, um, which helps a lot. Um, and then um, after I switched to online, we moved down here. So online has been a lot easier. Um, there's still like, I'm still glad I got that high school interaction. Like my freshman year of high school, I was full in person, which was nice. Cause I got like the football games, the homecoming. And like, I feel like that helps because if you do online from like starting as a kid, you don't get that like personality, you're like socialization. And so um, I like going to in person, but online is definitely a lot easier. Right. Yeah. I mean, with you being so busy with racing, it's very hard for you to be able to go to a physical school and miss so much. Cause I mean, unfortunately that's part of the problem is that the schools are not going to be very understanding with you missing so much time. Um, so yeah, I totally understand why you would have to switch to online school. Um, but 
Yeah. And like you mentioned, um, being able to experience like the regular high school, you know, experience, at least, at least you were able to do that for one year. So you kind of got an idea of it. And, Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, obviously if you still have friends that are in regular school, they could still invite you to like dances and things like that you know, and and you can still experience stuff like when you have time. Um, cause I mean, I mean, that's the best part about it, honestly, like really, that's really the best parts about high school is just going to the football games and going to dances. Yeah. Like really that's, that's like the best parts about it. It's not even really going just to school during the week. It's like, no, it's more about just going to the dances and going to the football games and, you know, just doing like the extracurricular stuff. That's really the best part of high school anyway. So and yeah, that was now very that much. Was, that was the hardest like part is as a freshman, I played varsity volleyball and basketball. And mm-hmm. then I started varsity volleyball as a sophomore. And so like, I was very into sports and like, I didn't go to like, I went to a couple like football games and stuff, mm-hmm. but my best friend who she's like, like we hung out all the time. She comes to my races. I go visit her. She shows cattle. So usually oh, okay. weekends we'd either go to races or cattle shows. So there wasn't much like football games we went to. Um, but like she, her, and then like with sports was the hardest part, like leaving high school. But now I still work out. I still like go to gyms and shoot hoops or do stuff like that. My sister plays sports, so I help her. So there's still like I did. I'm not missing much. Like I'm missing the walking around the other kids in my grade, but like right. the reasons I went to school, I can still like have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you still get to experience like some of the other things and that's what matters. Um, and also the fact that you keep in touch with your friends and stuff, um, you know, so you don't fully miss out on everything. Obviously, <laughs> you know, they can send you you know, group chat texts yeah. and, te- and let you know, like all the tea that's going on, like oh, yeah. that, yeah, because my, my youngest daughter that like she she's homeschooled right now, but she's gonna, going back for high school. And that's kind of that's kind of the thing. That's how she keeps up with everything. Like they're just like texting her, telling her what, what's going on. And mm-hmm. so like she she still keeps in touch with her friends and stuff. But yeah, like I totally understand that. It's like, you know, yeah, you, I mean, you, the social the social aspect of it is what is what you can miss. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, but if you keep in touch with people, it's like, then it's like, you don't really miss out on it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then like, if you, if they invite you to like dances and things like that, then you're able to still experience it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I think like you mentioned the whole online school thing that makes it easier for you because like you said, you can work ahead if you need to, or you can, you know, it gives you more time to turn in assignments. Like Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not like rushing last minute to try and get something yeah. done. So yeah, no. Um, I, yeah, I think online school is honestly going to be the easiest for anybody that's in the rate in racing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it gives you that flexibility. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, so obviously you still have a little bit of school left, not much, you know, you're almost done. Um, and then, Obviously, like you mentioned, there's chances of the Miata and go karting and all that stuff. So obviously you're going to stay busy with racing no matter what, no matter what it is, you're going to be in something, um, you know, for the rest of the year, I'm sure. So um, now are you going to be taking time off like 
towards the winner or do you plan on trying to like race in like other places? Cause I know like obviously in Florida you can run all year long. Right. Yeah. Um, but I know in obviously in North Carolina, you guys actually have four seasons. So, um, so yeah. obviously can't run during the winter. So yeah. So like, are you just going to like hang it up for the winter? Are you going to be trying to like maybe travel and go race somewhere else during the winter? Um, so we don't like officially know the plans. Um, mm -hmm. We're still trying to work on like this week, uh, <laughs> but I was like, I definitely don't want to take too much of a break. Obviously, mm -hmm. a mental break, physical break is needed. Um, but depending on what we run next year, probably just this winter, figure out a bunch of plans for next year. Um, if I'm going to move up or not, probably training a lot, um, still be doing that. Um, and then just like probably racing in Florida. Um, like I did speed weeks this year, which is in February, the red eyes in January. So like still finding those like few races that I can race that will f still like benefit me for next year. Um, but definitely still trying to be in the car as much as I can. Um, but find that balance of spending time with family and getting that little break too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're getting closer, closer to the holidays like that. <laughs> yeah. So no, I totally understand that. And yeah. And like you mentioned, like your mental health is important too. Like, you know, you don't want to burn yourself out, mm -hmm. um, by racing too much, but yeah, trying to find that balance of, you know, still getting enough seat time where you're not taking off too much time in the car, but mm -hmm. then also having time to be able to do other things because obviously you're a teenager. I mean, come on, like you should be out there doing other things too. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, I know racing is pretty much what you're pretty much making your career, but you're, you're still a teenage girl. I mean, you know, you, you got other things that you want to do too. <laughs> yeah. Which it's, it's like cool too. Cause like, obviously I have my friends in Michigan, but like down here, I mean, it's hard to be friends sometimes with the guys I race against since like, if something happens in the race, we don't talk for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. or like, mm -hmm. I've become friends with like the girlfriends and stuff. Um, and so like tomorrow I'm going out to dinner with one of my friends and then testing the next day. So like, still, I'm still able to hang out with my friends down here and be that teenager and still race and everything. Yeah. And seeing that that's that balance that you need. Cause it's like, yeah, I mean, you're still a teenage girl. Like you should be able to go and just hang out and go do things and stuff too, you know? Um, and not, and not just it be all about racing, you know? So obviously what do you like doing? Like, obviously like hobby wise and things like that outside of the race car. Um, so like I said before, sports, I always mm -hmm. enjoy. Um, and also like, so I'm a country girl, so I showed, um, a heifer last year. So my best friend shows cattle. So she got me into that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love cows. And so whenever I go back home, I always go to her dad's farm and everything. So that's actually, that's another thing I want to do is I want to own a sprint car team and a farm. So that's <laughs> what I want to do in the future um, with like making income and stuff like that. Actually, you know, I find it funny, but many of like the NASCAR drivers all do that. They all have like farms and then they also own like, maybe a racing team or something. So I don't know. It seems like that that's just the thing mm -hmm. with, with I always looked up to uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Because yeah. he has his team and then he owns his ranch too. With his yeah. Stuff. So I just think that's cool because like, that's one thing we've like built on me and like with my brand is that like, 
I'd rather go like on a hunting trip or a fishing trip than go like model or do stuff like that, you know? Yeah. I feel like that helps me like get along with people and like, especially the guys at the track and stuff because I'm pretty much like them. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's like fun to do stuff like that. Like Bass Pro Shops is like my dream sponsor. Like I would love to be sponsored by them and like go on a fishing trip or do stuff like that. Like, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that that's amazing. Um, uh, yeah. Bass Pro Shop needs to hear that. Like yeah. <laughs> you, you guys need to sponsor her. Like, I mean, come on, but yeah, that, that, no, I think that's really cool because yeah, like you mentioned, um, it sets you apart because you're not, you know, you're not one of those teenage girls where it's like, you're into like, like you said, like modeling or like that type of stuff. And so you're, you know, you're more outdoorsy. And I think that's really cool because it's like, yeah, you don't have a lot of, a lot of girls that, especially your age that are very outdoorsy and want to go out there and, you know, have a farm and, and things like that, you know? Um, because I mean, unfortunately, you know, in high school, like a lot of it is about appearances, you know, and people get really caught up in that. And so, yeah, so that's why a lot of girls when they're young like that, they, you know, it's all about going to the mall and shopping and, you know, makeup and all this other stuff. I know Mm -hmm. I I was one of them, obviously (laughs) when I was a kid, but yeah, like, so the fact that you're like, the complete opposite of that is really cool because it's like, you know, it's different and it's something that you, you don't see a lot of, and you don't see a lot of it like being pushed, like, and normalized, right? Like the normalized part is the other side, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like what we were talking about. So yeah. And I think, I think that's really cool. And yeah, Bass Pro needs to, they need to like do something with you. Like, obviously like, they need to hook you up with something like some type of collaboration, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, like, I think that that's amazing, Katie, everything that you're doing. And I'm glad that, you know, you're really making a name for yourself in the car tour and, and doing all the things that you're doing and just being a major role model for girls all over, because I mean, that's something that, we need, you know, we need more women in motorsports and, you know, you are really, you know, pushing that limit and really like getting yourself out there. And, you know, I, I, I can't wait to see what else you end up doing. <laughs> like, because obviously, you know, you're always doing something, but obviously I just want to see everything that you end up doing, especially because you're so young. So you mm-hmm. still have a lot of time, you know, to, to develop, you know, your craft and be able to like really, you know, I mean, make, make a huge name for yourself, you know, in motorsports. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, not a problem. And I'm so glad that you were, um, you were able to come on and be able to share your story. Um, you know, cause obviously that's something that, you know, is really important is for you to be able to share your story and let people know who you are. And, um, and so they can, definitely look out for you obviously with the cars tour they'll be able to watch you on flow racing um i mean you guys are always doing doing stuff so um so yeah so they can definitely you know check you out and and you know it 
never know if they want to sponsor you, you know, they can reach out to you, whatever, you know, wherever it may be, but you know, whatever they, you know, whatever people can do to support you. Yeah. No, but thank you for, for taking the time to be on here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Well, guys, that's it. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Katie. I know I did. Um, It was so much fun uh, interviewing her and listening to her story. And of course, like like what was mentioned with her being in the Cars Tour, you can watch her race on Flow Racing. Also, um, all her social media links will be in the description so you can follow her. Also, um, guys, make sure that you subscribe to our VIP section newsletter. Um, it comes out every Monday and Thursday, and I will be posting exclusive content that you will not get anywhere else because now we are going to email only. So there will not be a web version whatsoever. And also on Thursdays, you get to listen to the podcast earlier than everybody else does. Um, So if you follow the podcast on either Apple, Spotify, or Google podcasts, and also um, are a email subscriber, you get access to the podcast at 7 a.m. Central instead of 7 p.m. Central. So definitely check that out. Um, Racewifefiltered.beehive.com forward slash subscribe. And I will put that link in the show notes as well. Also, uh, guys, next week, uh, we have a special guest. She is a wife of one of the NASCAR 75 greatest drivers. I will not tell you who she is because obviously I don't want to spoil that. But you, if you are a email subscriber, you will get hints on who it is and get a chance to possibly guess who it is. So, um, so definitely subscribe. So you are able to, um, find out who it is because you will be able to know earlier than everybody else. So until next Thursday, guys, take care.